0: I'm gonna go the next
1: yes indeed there are more questions than answers like if someone with a split personality threatens to commit suicide is that a hostage situation hi america <laughs> hello world my name is adrian lee and i am your host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. We are huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be, the panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and ever Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather discovered this week that Fred and Wilma were the first couple ever to be shown in bed together on TV that true that is true welcome to the show heather (laughs) hello i do wilma but i'd be thinking of betty (laughs) (laughs) we also have us we we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of kim gore kim is also a talented and valued member of the international paranormal society kim discovered this week that every citizen of kentucky is required by law to have a bath once a year whether they (laughs) need it or not (laughs) welcome to the show kim hello we also welcome for the first time tonight the glamorous and talented antonia felix antonia is a new york times best-selling author of 16 books including her latest medical thriller fatal remedy she's also an expert on dream analysis and an opera singer she starts tonight's show on minus two because no one likes a smart ass (laughs) <laughs> Antonia slept like a baby last night so she woke up every two hours crying <laughs> finally on tonight's show i wish to introduce the calm and unflappable greg gore he is married to kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert he owns and operates more cameras and leads than the bbc outside broadcast department he is also our sound engineer and producer welcome to the show greg
0: we are currently just (laughs) after
1: 10 o'clock on dark matter net, so we welcome our listeners from all over the world and i just want to run through a list of all the countries that listened to our show last week and we'll give you a big shout out and if you wish to contact me i'd love for you to say hello to me on our facebook site more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, I'd like to thank all those people in Trinidad and Tobago, Spain, Portugal, the Ukraine, Denmark, Ireland, Malaysia, Switzerland, Holland, USA, the UK, Germany, Canada, Singapore, Tanzania, Lithuania, Brazil, Australia and Egypt. Thank you one and all for listening to the show. I just want to start the show by reading out a couple of letters. We had some letters this week and we do appreciate people writing to us. You can write to me on MQTA at rocketmail. Dot com, or you can visit our website, intparanormal.net. I've got a letter here from Kentucky, a gentleman named DeLoren Collins. He's written a letter that says, Hi, I listen to MQTA on SoundCloud every night after going to bed. I obviously make him fall asleep with my English accent, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've heard each show so many times that I know what each person is going to say next, like me saying, Heather, you're now on minus two. <laughs> <laughs> he says i just wondered why we have not heard Greg's soundboard this season he says keep up the good work it must be fun being around you guys you're all crazy (laughs) 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 thanks for the show i did actually reply to him i wrote back and said greg unfortunately is getting on in years now he's very elderly can barely operate his remote control and when he used to operate the soundboard He used to have to go asleep for a couple of hours in the afternoon, and uh, Kim was upset that he didn't get his chores done. (laughs) He wrote back and said, that's hilarious. He said, I wouldn't expect anything different from you guys. And I'm thinking, hang on, that's the truth. I'm not making this up. I had a letter from a lady called Katrina Love. She said, we we have a great sense of humour. And we make her giggle. And I want to give a shout out to Kevin Scott, who's from North Mankato, who says, you guys sure have fun. We love listening to the show. I just want to start by saying that we actually went out yesterday to the Jeffers Petroglyphs. And they're not that far away from our studio. These are a fabulous set of rocks. That have hieroglyphs on them from the Native American period, and going back before that, actually, probably to the Mississippian culture and the woodland culture that's 5,000 to 15,000 years ago. So, if you get a chance to go out there, I would recommend it. There's over 5,000 carvings on these rocks that date back to the birth of consciousness with man, I would suggest. I'm just going to go around the room and ask everyone in the team what they thought about that experience and what they got from that. So, Heather, what did you think of our trip out to the Jeffers Petroglyphs yesterday?
2: My favorite hieroglyph was the one that kind of looked like it was tracking something. It almost looked as if it was cat prints, but they were etched in, and they sprawled a length across the rock, and it was fabulous.
1: What you've got to remember is that someone would have had to have sat there back in the day and make percussion marks in the rock with a chisel or with a hammer to get that going. So these things wouldn't have taken, you know, a short period of time. This is a long process, and it has to be thought out. And you're absolutely right. There was a series of markings kind of zigzagged backwards and forwards mm-hmm. it looked like they were tracking something almost like the moon or perhaps the stars which is very interesting kim what did you take out of uh, our visit to the petroglyphs yesterday oh,
3: i i had a lot of fun with the theorizing of trying to guess what story they were telling with their pictures um, and one in particular that i think we probably theorized correctly was where they were showing um A wavy line for the river and they had some trees near it and then they were showing the fish and they were showing um different types of animals that they probably hunted and it it basically looked like it was the story of their hunting and where to go it actually looks like a narrative
1: i think it's one giant memo pad and because they were nomadic they went back there every year and it gave a good indication of where the animals were and there was arrows pointing like a giant fridge door where you'd leave a message saying you know we need toilet paper or you know get some bacon while you're out type thing and
3: the detail of the etching was so well that we knew exactly what they were etching out for example an elk
1: absolutely they were incredibly detailed for the time I guess their motor neuron skills are very well developed and their psychology of perception that they were actually getting the animals that we could recognize them was quite remarkable I, and I Tonya, think sorry, um,
2: I was just going to interject and say one of my favorite ones was the profile that they had of a person's face with the nose and the eye and the head is... Was fabulous.
1: See, as an art historian, one of the things that I have an issue with is that when they want to do detailed work, they can make it look like an elk, they can make it look like a reindeer, a fish, a portrait of a person. So they have those formalistic skills to make it look realistic. And then you'll see a symbol or a sign where there's a cycloptic man with four arms, and you're thinking, hang on a second, Mm -hmm. we've already seen that you can do stuff accurately and realistically. Well, how comes there's a cycloptic man with four arms? So I find that very odd, and I'm trying to make a link between that process and right. why that would take place. Antonia, welcome to the show. What <laughs> did you see at the petroglyphs that you were interested in? What kind of caught your eye?
4: Well, just as you were saying about the difference between those seemingly figurative images and then those that were obviously abstractions or capturing an abstract idea uh, through more geometric shapes. like the I, uh, My favourite one is... Uh, the thunderbird. Oh, that th- was the thunderbird. That right? was a really good one. And and you obvi- it's you see the profile of a bird's head, but then you see this rather triangular body mm-hmm. and the the zigzaggy wings coming out. And this was there was a description of it on a little placard uh, in front of that particular rock, and it said something about the thunderbird being this energy from the sky, and Ish. it was it was. A very interesting description, but I like, you know, when you were saying before that perhaps it, it shows that they, they had some, already had some talent and some skill in being able to create a figurative image. To me, um, this, you're the art historian, but just personally, it shows that they are so far beyond that aspect of creating art that they're able to create these abstract images for very, profound ideas, and perhaps not just ideas, but observances about what the universe is all about. That really grabs my imagination. And to be standing there illegally, of course, Heather, so you know, we could have gotten thrown, I think, in jail because we're not supposed to be walking on them. There are paths. (laughs) I'm
1: not going to say that live on air. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Even if I've got my attorney with me.
4: So there's that connection between people that were there perhaps 5,000 years ago, and here we are trying to share in the ideas that they were... Carving into those beautiful rocks. So it was an absolutely fantastic day. It was
1: fabulous. And with the Thunderbird as well, it has a heart carved into it so you can yeah. see it's yes the inside. heart that, that was that amazing makes me smile from the perspective of a ufologist i like the fact that you could look at some of those etchings with the sense that they may have been some ufos and some aliens in there as well there was an interesting one that caught my eye that looked like a ufo with three kind of legs coming down like there a was tripod.
4: more than one of those there was yeah. they were
1: scattered around quite remarkably and underneath it they almost looked like there was some exhaust fumes coming out or something in the background of that and then you see three figures carved underneath that and those kind of things really interest me there's been a lot of uh, ufo activity in that area and over sleepy eye dating back a couple of hundred years and uh, i like the idea that actually documenting what they see if they do a reindeer or an elk and it looks exactly how it is what then happens when you see a ufo with three legs and three Mm -hmm. beings coming out of it they must be drawing what they saw right we've already had proof of that so i'd perhaps like to explore that a bit further and write a book but people are welcome to go there and support that it is a part of the prairie that is untouched and there's not many parts like that anymore that is in southwest minnesota it's the jeffers petroglyph so get yourself down there and you can experience that for yourself we run with our K2 meter in one hand and a blinking flashlight in the other, across the rocks in bare feet to the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. I will start tonight's proceedings. It says Alton Towers. Ghostbuster claims accident hit theme park is haunted by evil spirits. Medium Christine Hamlet believes the popular attraction is cursed following last month's crash and another roller coaster breakdown. A medium claims Alton Towers is haunted following the latest problem to hit the theme park medium christine hamlet believes the popular attraction is cursed following last month's crash and yesterday's roller coaster breakdown the 58 year old has warned saying that in staffordshire it's haunted by a poltergeist dozens of people were stranded hanging face down in midair when the park's air roller coaster failed in midair bringing back memories of the horror crash of last month 80 people were stuck inside in sweltering carriages for an hour or two as the monogram train broke down and people were trapped inside last month 16 people were hurt when the smiler roller coaster crashed into an empty carriage at the theme park christine who lives nearby in cannock chase said i've looked at alton towers in the past and it's definitely haunted probably cursed too there's some clear poltergeist activity there history shows us there were lots of battles and deaths in the ground. Well, I guess that comes with organising school trips, doesn't it? <laughs> the theme park was opened in the grounds of a stately home, which once appeared on the TV show Most Haunted. In the episode, presenter Yvette in 46, was pelted with stones by a ghost who allegedly told them to F off. Another ghostly specter of a woman wearing a long dress is also supposed to walk the grounds. There's always a woman in a white dress, isn't there? you ever noticed that? Or a monk or a nun or something? <laughs> Guests stuck on the air ride were cleared within standard operating procedures according to the park bosses and no injuries have been reported. Did you hear about the story of that last week on the roller coaster? This is a new incident. There was an appalling accident at this place. It's like one of the biggest theme parks in the whole of Britain. I mean, it's not anywhere near the standard of Disneyland, of course, in terms of acreage. But it is the kind of place people go in Britain to experience those roller coasters. And there was a terrible accident a couple of weeks ago where a lot of people got their legs amputated because it crashed into a car that was in front of it and static.
0: Mm. And And we uh, didn't hear about
1: it. Well it wasn't on the American news it was certainly on BBC America but yes this was uh, this was something that was reported in the European press and uh, there's been an accident there again this week apparently and the woman says the place is cursed because everywhere in Britain is very old they would have had to have built this on land already had things on it you see what i mean farms and houses and there'd have been accidents and incidents so it's very interesting that now she thinks the entire place is cursed so uh, good luck to anyone visiting alton towers this weekend i would suggest heather what have you got for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings
2: well i have a murder suspect who claims to be haunted by the ghost of his victim Oh, dear.
1: Guilt, that would be called, I guess. Yeah.
2: <laughs> A Kentucky man accused of murdering an elderly Ohio woman says he's seen the ghost of his alleged victim. The Journal-News in Ontario, or excuse me, Ohio.
1: Close enough. What's the difference between one or the other? It's all in America. (laughs) (laughs) How's your geography, by the way?
2: Oh, come now. Says newly released audio of Daniel French's confession in a Kentucky jail reveals disturbing details in the death of the 86-year-old Barbara Howe. The audio is from a 40-minute interview with the French after he was captured in Rockcastle County in December of 2014. French is accused of killing Howe more than two years earlier in Ohio. Howe's body was found in the trunk of the car. Gross. During the alleged confession, the Journal News says French tells the detective that he only meant to rob the elderly woman, not kill her.
1: Oh, that's okay then, not to bother.
2: Yeah, he just wanted to see if she had money. I was going to take it. Basically, I took a stun gun. This is all I was going to do. It didn't work. It wasn't my intention to choke her to death. I was just trying to
0: <laughs> get How her, her you to black a stun out.
3: gun to your hands around her throat? Well, because
1: this stun oh, gun come on, Kim. There must have been a Friday night when that's happened to you. There's a fine line, isn't there, between a stun gun and choking someone? Surely.
2: <laughs> he said he was just trying to get her to black out, and she wouldn't do it, so then he choked her to death. Oh, dear. This is
1: shocking. There's the I sound know. of pancetta in the background doubling up as the sound of my elderly mother snoring.
2: In it. Interesting twist. French told detectives that he was haunted by Howe's ghost and that he had apologized to her apparition, maybe to make some sort of amends. It's
1: very Dickensian, isn't it? It's like a Dickens novel, isn't it? Mm. Outrageous. Uh,
2: French was extradited to Ohio to face a murder charge. His defense attorneys were attempting to keep the jury from hearing the taped confession by saying that French was not in the right state of mind during the interview. Really?
1: You always have problems with the French, don't you? This is common. Right, Greg? Controversial. <laughs> There's our French listeners gone. All three of them. Why
2: don't you get the list out? We'll just start ticking them during the show.
1: <laughs> Let's have a stab at Switzerland next.
2: A French also told detectives that he got $18 and a diamond ring in the robbery. Mm. Do you know the
1: Swiss he- changed their flag during the Second World War? They decided to go with a white cross on a white background. <laughs>
2: So, so French got eighteen dollars and a diamond ring in the robbery, but he later threw the ring out of his window. If convicted, French could face the death penalty. But I thought it was pretty pathetic that he got eighteen bucks.
1: Eighteen for bucks,
2: choking her to death,
1: and uh, that's, that's what it. he received in terms of the money he stole. Yes, and she's now haunting him.
2: That's fabulous. Good for her. Yes, yeah. <laughs> guilt,
1: obviously. You shall have magnificent points. I shall give you a resplendent and much rounded two for being informative and funny kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings
3: mark zuckerberg the future of facebook is telepathy
1: telepathy telepathy there you go
3: the social network's founder and ceo believes that one day we'll be able to share our thoughts directly brain to brain using technology
1: that's dangerous It is. Think He's about when you it. know what I'm thinking? Oh no. <laughs> what is there.
3: You'll just be able to think of something and your friends will immediately be able to experience it too if you'd like. Oh. Zuckerberg said, "In the past decade, the company has expanded the way users communicate on the platform. First there were plain profile pages, next came comments on the wall, likes, groups, news feeds, and pokes." Yep. Over <laughs> the oh, last think. year, Facebook has moved away from mass sharing and focused on personal messaging. There are companies out there who have successfully done this. Um, they've got people at computers where they're using just their minds, and they're and they're being able to give messages to each other. In one case, they actually had someone who was able to move someone else's fingers on the keyboard. That, wow! Yeah, so it is possible to do this. It's just a matter of going from the great big huge room with the one computer in it. They should eventually be able to do that.
1: I wonder if I could flick Nathan's ear and say it was Greg operating my fingers. What do you think would I get away with that? <laughs> it could be far worse, I guess, nope. couldn't it? We were discussing you had a good point the other day about Facebook heather, didn't you? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, I said uh, social media has actually caused people to be antisocial.
1: Yeah, which is quite remarkable. I know that syphilis has gone up by 400% since (laughs) the introduction of Facebook. And they do say now that uh, one out of every three marriages has broken up on the back of Facebook. So Mm. I guess we could have a debate at some point about the pluses and fours of facebook but in terms of what we do and the products that we sell my books the expos we do our ghost hunts just communicating with other people that have an interest in this particular field is uh, is remarkable i wouldn't be able to discuss things with my parents my colleagues and my teams back in europe if it wasn't for facebook so it does have some remarkable qualities but then it's open to abuse but i'm not sure i'd like the idea of what i'm thinking to be transferred to all of my friends you know that would be quite dangerous antonio you're on the show for the first time you're starting On two, of course. You have a story for us tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings.
4: I do. Uh, The headline from this little piece is spooky picture taken in haunted house shows disgusting face. A British teacher claims to have captured a demon on camera after visiting his parents haunted house in Jamaica. This spooky image shows what family members believe is the demon of a disgruntled elderly relative. The 42-year-old secondary school teacher was visiting his parents in Clarendon when he captured the image. The man who lives in Richmond, South London. He must have been on holiday. Yes, in South London. In I wouldn't, oh, if you've the ever glittering been to South... golden streets of Jamaica. It
1: is. I wouldn't I wouldn't say going on holiday or a vacation to South London would be the place to go. <laughs> if you've ever been to Croydon, you'd know that wouldn't be true. Well,
4: maybe he's not He's not doing Facebook so much. He's actually getting out of the house, which is a good thing. So I already really like this It guy. is.
1: If he's out of the house in South London, he's probably been mugged by now, I would suggest. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he said he took a picture of a painting on a wall in the house showing a scenic image image of a waterfall. But when he looked at the picture, he saw the demon instead. The man, who wishes to remain anonymous, he's very smart, said, there was a wall with a painting on it, and I thought that I would take a picture. I was looking at it, and I thought, what is that? Everybody in the house started screaming And running away I have never seen anything like this It is disgusting And has given me headaches
1: Wow Greg have you got any photographs that are disgusting And give you headaches (laughs) (laughs) Okay I just thought I'd ask
4: (laughs) It's what I say when I look into the bathroom After my husband has gotten ready for the day (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what the picture looks like I've seen it That is disgusting and is giving me a headache The man's family are convinced it is a demon and say the home in jamaica is haunted they believe the demon is that of an elderly relative who was unhappy about being moved into a care home before her death well
1: i've seen the photograph hmm. it's a very interesting picture obviously uh, we're dealing with jamaica here so the person is black and you see their face and it looks Mm -hmm. like an elderly woman that's almost got a gold tooth at the front and she looks like a very kind of ghoulish black face, I guess I would suggest.
2: But how are they comparing a demon to disgruntled elderly relative?
1: Yes, they've made a big leap there because she uh- <laughs> just looks like a disgruntled elderly relative. Right. I think it's slightly uh, going down the road of uh, hyperbole. Right. Well, they think that's a demon.
4: They are so spooked, it finally says here... Uh, The image has so spooked the man's family, they have now moved out of their home into rented accommodation.
1: Wow. Mm. There has been occasions where I've found people camping out in their backyard or in the garage because they don't want to go into the house and i have gone in to clear the house and they're Mm. so worried about what's going on in there that I have found them living outside of the house. And of course, spirits and ghosts shouldn't be forcing you out of your property, but Heather's absolutely right. Just because there's a picture of a wizened old lady doesn't necessarily suggest, of course, that... uh, it's demonic, unless mm-hmm. you've met my grandmother,
4: Adrian. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe one way to preoccupy these demons and and disgruntled people running around people's homes is maybe to
1: engage them in a game of Scrabble.
4: Engage them in their own Facebook. Oh, could wow. you invent a space wow. book for the spirit <laughs> we, realm, well, and then happened. they could just deal with each other, this
2: right?
1: Just, this is one of our
2: patented. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. One of our first stories actually was ghost dating
1: yes there is ghost dating
3: really there's a yes there's a website for that
1: nathan can't get a date and when he's alive (laughs) (laughs) so uh i I wouldn't necessarily uh (laughs) he's gonna have problems in the afterlife as well it turns out who knows
4: just an idea he's just
1: looking for a body apparently (laughs) (laughs) thank you adrian wow you could imagine going on a ghost date though couldn't you it'd be a very cheap date because there'd just be an empty seat there at the <laughs> restaurant wouldn't there? you've got your ghost date you're sat there on your own everyone's going look at that poor man he's talking to himself and he's sat there on his own but you can see your ghost date and you wouldn't have to pay for a food you wouldn't have to pay for a seat in the cinema you could be sat there on your own with your arm around her. i'm guessing and it could be very romantic you could have uh, candles and roses which aren't very tasty but there's plenty of nourishment
2: it's easy to break up you can say, I just can't see you anymore. You're very
1: transparent. <laughs> <laughs> She's no got to get some
2: points for
4: that.
1: There's no even... Hang on. How's How are three Sorry. women demanding they get points all of a sudden? How's this isn't a democracy. What's wrong with me?
4: <laughs>
1: Heather was very funny, and I shall give her One. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Have I climbed out of the negative yet? Yes, you're or? on
1: zero. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous! I have one story to end the round of Ghosts and Hauntings before we're taken off the air. (laughs) A couple calling Ghostbuster and Vicar after claiming demonic poltergeists (laughs) molest them in their sleep. A terrified family, attacked in the night by a dreaded incubus demon, have called a Ghostbuster to get rid of the malevolent spirit. In a story reminiscent of the film Paranormal Activity, the Fry family say they have been molested by an evil poltergeist for months. The cold finger of doom, no doubt. Mum Tracy 46 says she's been beaten up in the night by the phantom this is her (laughs) husband asleep i suspect in desperation her husband kieran 32 forked out 100 pounds which is around 150 dollars to a specialist to cleanse the house and has brought a vicar in to bless their cursed abode the phantom which has also been menacing the couple's three children was summoned by using a ouija board in the house they say dad of three kieran took a picture of the ghost in the son's bedroom which he says shows a small child in a white gown and a blue face and a tail kieran said we are being molested by demons she wouldn't mind, but they've not even taken her out on a date and she's not been to the cinema or anything yet and uh, she's kind of old-fashioned. My <laughs> wife... I, love, I made that bit up, that's not true.
0: My <laughs> wife goes to bed
1: fine, doesn't feel anything in the night, but when she wakes up, she's in agony. I wake up the next day and I say, I didn't do that, I would never beat my wife. The ghost has been terrorising the family at their three-bedroom terraced house in New Tredegar, South Wales, since Halloween last year. When you set up a night vision camera... When you set up a camera in the night to see what's taking place, you know, like you see on that paranormal activity film, you know, you could just get a camera there or even a a webcam or some sort of camera for your computer and just see what happens during the course of the night. I bet in his sleep he's kind of thrashing around. What do you think?
4: Mm -hmm. I want to know why you all groaned when you mentioned the Ouija board.
1: The Ouija board Uh, is a very difficult tool. Yes, you're, you're you're opening with a Ouija board all kinds of doors and portals that you have no filter on. So you're asking anything to come through you to operate the planchette and you've got no filter or discrimination. So anything that's transient or passing by can suddenly jump into you and you don't know what you're getting or how you're getting it, and you've got no way of getting rid of it easily. Jump We're, into
4: you or to the environment? Yeah, you.
1: Into you. Because into what, you. Yeah, and I carry rocks and stones and charms and all kinds of things and the cross around with me around my neck, the crucifix, to stop things from jumping into me or coming into me on paranormal investigations. And when you're operating the Ouija board, um, it's operating that planchette through you. Whereas when we use things like the ghost box and other equipment that we own, DVRs, we're asking the spirits to come through the equipment and not through us. And we're doing everything possible to stop those entertaining the idea of them coming through us to communicate. Hmm. And having done radio shows for the last five or six years on the theme of paranormal and uh, we've had phone ins. It's amazing how many times people have uh, called in and said, we've done the Ouija board and my life's ruined. You know, my wife's left me, I'm ill, I've lost my job, I've Mm. got no money, I've been kicked out of the house, the dog's died. No one has ever rang in and said, I did the Ouija board and my life's fabulous. I've met the woman of my dreams, I've got a fabulous job, and it always seems that we're mopping up after that. So uh, whenever the Ouija board is mentioned, it's not something I would advise people to engage with, to be honest, on on those grounds. Does anyone in my team want to add anything more to that?
2: No, I think you nailed it. Yep. yep,
1: so we try and avoid those things at all costs. And if you have one and you're worried about it, the way to go about disposing of it. Send it to us. No, don't send it to us. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can send it to Heather, but I don't want anything to do with it. You're best throwing it in a lake. Um if you burn a Ouija ball, the spirits come out and you're releasing them. So throw that in the lake would be my advice. it goes on to say that a Ghostbuster, Robert Amore, forty three, who charges hundred pounds for a three hour clearance arrived at the house with a bible and crucifix he banned the petrified family from going upstairs after he shouted to them that he could feel evilness in the room after 20 minutes the psychic returned to the frightened family claiming he had slain two of the demons mr Amor reportedly struggled with a third demon who is still terrorizing the hapless Friar family church of wales vicar jonathan Widdes also visited the friars to help them tackle the ghost he said he invited us in there and we spoke to him about what was going on he said a prayer to try and help us if anyone wants to see this particular demon with the blue face and the tail dressed up as a small victorian child they can go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and it's on there for your perusal in glorious technicolor as was the previous story of the demon old woman staring out of the mirror in jamaica but there's a lot of people online that say that this is an app and it's been put into the photograph as an app so again you'll have to judge for yourself but i'm just interested that this guy's charging a hundred dollars to do a clearance when we do those for nothing It seems odd to be making money from other people's misery and he only got rid of two how can you corroborate that he got rid of anything at all do you see what i mean it's like buying a product but having no nothing to grab hold of or nothing you know to to clarify that i guess
2: I was just going to say that I saw the one picture of the supposed to be creepy little Victorian doll in the corner. Yes. It's dirty laundry.
1: It's dirty laundry. You're haunted by dirty laundry.
2: That's what it was. That would haunt me. That, yes. <laughs> well, you
4: don't wear <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all know into can- my bathroom
2: again.
1: <laughs> yes. Hands up who actually wears underwear. <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of people are lying around this table my laundry just makes its way to the laundry basket i get postcards from it sometimes but it's traveling around the world my laundry is more traveled than i am it's remarkable we are at the end of the round that is ghosts and hauntings gregor scored one for saying the word nope i'm on two kim is on two heather's resplendently running to the lead like penelope pitstop on wacky races with three and antonia is on a zero but it's all to play for for as we go into the round it is ufos and cryptozoology it's green men and hairy beasties what have you got for me in the round of cryptozoology Heather?
2: it's not cryptozoology it's a ufo
1: oh she's so are actually getting stories that are relevant to the subject matter oh. you get a point for that on itself you're now on See, for.
2: i knew i was going to win this week
1: well there's a long there's a lot of slippage between <laughs> cup and lip isn't there is not its what i'm saying
2: it's the texas ufo cube multiple view witnesses, and photos. Um, On June 29th, a UFO cube was seen emerging out of the clouds by multiple people in Texas. In fact, it was Walter C. Lance of El Paso, Texas, was the first person to submit photograph to uh, the Secure Team 10. I'm not quite sure who those people are. It's the
1: Borg, I tell you. This is the Borg Collective, isn't it? Giant. Actually,
2: I was kind of thinking it looked like the TARDIS coming down out of the clouds. Wow. It's a big difference
1: between the Borg and the TARDIS, obviously. (laughs)
2: Lance stated that he took the photographs on June 29th at around 1 p.m. Central Time during his lunch break. According to the Secure Team 10, Lance stated that it began to get very windy outside when a portion of the clouds began to swirl and circle in one another, forming this portal shape
1: type thing. Can you be more specific?
2: Yeah, (laughs) it was a hole. Um, A second eyewitness actually also saw this cube-shaped UFO about a mile away from the first eyewitness, and uh, she was seen returning back to work from her lunch break as well. So she noticed a square-shaped figure moving through the clouds and thought it was a balloon.
1: This is a square-shaped figure now,
2: is it? Yeah, it's a balloon. It's a balloon. It's one of
1: those square balloons you read so much about (laughs) in this country. SpongeBob. There you go. I
2: know, but after watching it, she realized the enormity of the size with the designs around it and a faint magnetic Ossalian-type humming um, that seemed to emulate from the craft, apparently. Resistance
4: is futile. Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) If this is a real cube-shaped UFO, then it's probably not here in humanity's best interest. Um, Most likely, it's some sort of elaborate hoax, maybe a marketing ploy, a hologram, a hologram in the sky. Um, Anyway, they think it is to condition our minds in preparation for an official UFO disclosure. Who's
1: writing this stuff? That's dribble. (laughs) Who's writing that? Who's that coming? (laughs) Having said that, I think the meta-narrative and some of the key points there to do with the existentialist view of the world from an alien species is actually very informative in many respects.
4: Or an ad for the Rubrics Cube. There you, you go. go.
2: Rubrics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the TARDIS, I tell
1: you. It's coming
2: down.
1: It's the Ball Collective. I have a story here, also containing UFOs. It says, cloning of a woolly mammoth. Edges closer after scientists unveil complete DNA of the ice age beast. Cloning the woolly mammoth has moved a giant step closer after scientists unveiled its complete DNA. The breakthrough means the iconic ice age beast really could be brought back to life. The last surviving population of mammoths died out in the Arctic islands called Wrangel off the coast of Russia some 4000 years ago. 6000 years after their relatives disappeared from mainland Siberia the researchers who published their findings in cell reports admitted they bring the prospect of cloning the iconic beast a major step closer although they don't think this would be a good idea professor vincent lynch of chicago university said the high quality sequencing and functioning analysis of woolly mammoth genomes can inform efforts to de-extinct the mighty elephant relative he said eventually we'll be technically able to do it but the question is If you're technically able to do it, should you do it? I personally think no. Mammoths are extinct and the environment in which they have lived in has changed. There are many animals on the edge of extinction that we should be helping instead. The study shows the mammoth was able to adapt to harsh life in the Arctic because of the genes that differed from the counterparts in elephants, shedding light on the evolutionary biology of the extinct animals. Animals. These played roles in skin and hair development, insulin signaling, fat metabolisms, and numerous other traits. So they can, in fact, now have the full sequence of DNA for woolly mammoths, and they could at some point bring them back to existence. What do we think about that around the table? Is that a good idea? Nathan's saying no. I... But if you tasted one, they taste so good.
2: It's not <laughs> nice to fool Mother Nature. It <laughs> Remember you that old man? I, I want to see one
1: you do mm-hmm. they'd end up in a zoo wouldn't it be like king kong they'd be going I just don't want them to
2: poke and prod them if they do get them in fact we had this discussion not too long ago about I've never prodded
1: mammoth. or poked a woolly mammoth that was just hyperbole <laughs> the judge made that up i was trying to push the woolly mammoth through the fence i kept telling you
2: <laughs> we had this discussion about woolly mammoths um, not too long ago you actually discussed how they would probably bring the gene sequence back in by um uh, what is it injecting one and then breeding it back to an elephant and then breeding it back. You'd start with an elephant yeah. and
1: then as it gave birth you'd introduce that to another one and, and by slowly but surely you're breeding out the elephant so you're just left with the majority of, of mammoth which is what they've actually done in Britain. That would
2: take a long time. Elephants just ate for what two years? Yes that's
1: not, not going to be a short process but I know they brought back extinct um, reindeers and extinct mammals back in Britain um, to go back to places like China where they've uh, become extinct and they've actually bred rare deer on the back of doing that process and breeding Mm -hmm. them with other deer and then slowly introducing them to one another again and their litters and their offsprings so i know that's a possibility but uh, i just think it's dangerous to be playing around with things like that but someone idiot somewhere is going to bring back the velociraptor it's going to be jurassic park and uh, you can see all this happening again can't you
4: well what about cloning the dna of someone from the past who had a positive impact on the world how about bringing back nikolai Tesla to give us
1: the could technology be, that we're still using? It, that positive. we're finally,
4: yeah, and and to give us this new um, sustainable technology, or Gandhi to teach us how to uh, have nonviolent resistance and move in a better direction and things like that. What a, does, what's a mammoth going to do for us? Is
1: sure, it so. could feed third world countries. I guess I don't know. <laughs> mammoth burger and chips, please. <laughs> They're going to have a culture. If you brought Gandhi back, that would be some sort of culture shock, wouldn't it? I think it's more important. I think never mind about mammoths, never mind about famous people from the past that can offer society something. How about we get together all the best soccer teams of the last 100 years, oh, here bring them we back go. in one big tournament. You've got the Brazil team of the 1970s. You've got the <laughs> Germany side of the early 50s there. You've got the Italian side of the early 30s. Have one big tournament. Find out who's the best team. This is the way to go.
2: Come. Come out of your dreams. Wouldn't
1: you be interested? Bring the Dodgers back to Brooklyn, I you know, be in the too. 1960s, you could get the Green Bay backers team. <laughs> Packers, back, well, whatever they're called. I've very rarely seen any football. I've not seen any football in this the country. The Green I've, Bay yeah, I've never even seen. They're a all home...
4: investment bankers. That's
1: it. <laughs> My knowledge of football is very limited in Minus this country. I've, I've never even seen a home run. So, I've got time. I can wait. <laughs> um, wouldn't you want to see the the early teams like the Green Bay Packers team in the me? '60s playing against the team now and see who was the best? Wouldn't that be the way to go? No, no. Okay, that's a no. So we're going. <laughs> Nathan was getting his test tubes out. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he shoked to gappy. One or the two. Heather, well, what have you got for me now? Have you read all your stories? I read You're mine. Out. Yeah. Kim, what out. have you got for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
3: Do you know somebody that's a Happy Mondays frontman, Sean Ryder?
1: I do, yes. Sean Ryder is a a very famous singer, and uh, he's similar to Ozzy Osbourne, that he's taken so much drugs and abused his body that he can barely string a couple of syllables together. (laughs) I believe he's representing the Republican Party this year. Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he says, a huge UFO appeared in my backyard.
1: Yes, he was probably smoking something, I would suspect. But do
3: continue. <laughs> the Happy Mondays and Black Grape lead singer claims he was not tripping on magic mushrooms or other hallucinogenics when a 20-foot by 10-foot flying saucer appeared over him. The self-confessed drug-adled rocker made the claim to This Morning presenters Amanda Holden and Philip Schofield. Schofield When he appeared on the show coincidentally on World UFO Day Today.
1: Coincidentally. He just happened to be there while they were talking about (laughs) UFOs.
3: He said, we were filming in South America at the time. I remember I got back to my house at about 5 a.m. and I saw a craft outside my house. It was huge. It looked plastic like a toy. I didn't believe it at first. I thought our production team was playing a trick on me, but nobody else saw it. He said it was gathering clouds around it as it silently flew. He added, as it moved really slowly across the field, it gathered even more clouds around it, but it didn't make a sound. Schofield asked him why he hadn't snapped a picture of the mystery Craft. He replied, I don't know why I didn't film it or grab the wife. But it's annoying when you have people like pilots and military officials who usually make great witnesses, but if they tell you they've seen a UFO, nobody believes them. We are not alone in this universe maybe i was hallucinating but i am not making it up well it i didn't take a- any magic mushrooms or anything not
1: that day anyway He couldn't find his uh, person he was buying them off because it was monday I, I find that remarkable i wouldn't trust anything that guy sees if he, he makes Ozzy osborne look cerebral is what i'm suggesting <laughs> he's uh Oops. he's he's his brain it's probably like a pickled walnut i would suggest Just saying. I mean, you know, if the guy's listening, you know, I like your music, but, you know, in terms of a reliable witness, I think you're going to be falling short somewhat. One of the first questions on the MUFON list is, does this person take drugs or drink alcohol? it'd be remarkable. I'm sure if you went to the hospital, they'd say, good news, Mr. Ryder, we found some blood in your alcohol supply. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
4: Cryptozoology, that's a whole new word for me. I'm very, I'm grateful for that. I it's to, hairy
1: beasties, it's I, strange I, monsters. I learned a
4: new word. There? I love it. Mysterious beast prowls Plymouth suburbs, and we're not talking about the Plymouth in north of Minneapolis, we're talking about another one.
1: I did have someone come up to me once and say, isn't it Remarkable coincidence that when the Mayflower landed, they landed at Plymouth Rock. When they left a place called Plymouth, what are the chances of that happening? (laughs) (laughs)
4: i swear that's true you you're on the facebook too much you need to get out a little bit more maybe this is true i go
1: blinking into the sunlight (laughs) wondering what the strange orange ball in the sky is
4: an animal that resembles a large predatory cat has been seen stalking a quiet neighborhood in england the idea that there could be a population of large cats roaming the british countryside is certainly nothing new the phenomenon which has spawned numerous legends over the years has been investigated several times but to date, no conclusive explanation has ever been found. Some of the sightings are believed to have been the result of big cat owners releasing the their animals into the wild. The cats are big, not the owners. Oh, I just
1: thought you would <laughs> Lots of fat people from the west of England have been releasing their cats into the wild. Exactly.
4: That's a little problem with English syntax there. Releasing their animals to, into the wild after the introduction of the Dangerous Wild Animals Acts in 1976. But with reports of large cats continuing well into the 21st century, it seems unlikely that this could explain all of them. This latest sighting, which was reported by 59-year-old office worker Carol DeForge, appears to be of another exotic species of cat, such as a puma, lynx, or leopard. Puma, don't we say puma in the... Mm -hmm. Puma. Puma.
1: I'd say puma. Puma, puma. Say puma. You put
4: an extra... Let's puma. call the
1: whole thing, thing up.
4: <laughs> I was in the living room and saw something blurry outside through the living room door, said Deforge. I grabbed my phone and took a picture. I guess it remains a mystery. I enjoy the speculation about it all her sighting is one of 200 reported in the Devon and Cornwall region over the last 13 years. Well, you know, it could have been a woman from the suburbs of that rather posh area, perhaps, with a bit too much plastic surgery because they try to look cat-like or something. That and is maybe true. That's
1: well, <laughs> well, there was a thing called the Beast of Bodmin. Have you heard of the Beast yeah, of Bodmin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Seen there, pictures, there's yes. a giant panther that roams Bodmin Moor, which is in that area of the country there in Devon and Cornwall, and there are some sightings of big cats in that area, hmm. and I do think it's based on people letting yeah. them go but they're not you know traditionally from that area of course they're introducing species into britain that shouldn't necessarily be there mm-hmm. like the gray squirrel you oh, see you see where we go yeah. the, the great gray, the gray, the gray, gray squirrel was introduced into britain <laughs> squirrel i know i make the, uh, the, the the mistake of pronouncing all my letters in that but the gray Squirrel. Do you have any iguanas
2: over there? Or? <laughs> no, we, we
1: we have no iguanas there at oh! all. No, <laughs> this is almost bordering on racism yeah, in the workplace. I'm going to look through my <laughs> booklets in a minute to see if this is fair. But the great the great <laughs> squirrel introduced itself from America. It was very friendly to start with. You know, it had luggage with it and it worked. And then it started taking all our jobs, stealing our <laughs> women, and then it forced the red squirrel, which is rather smaller, up into the north of Scotland. So this is a species that does not exist naturally in. Britain written but got introduced from the americas so uh, you brought that back over to us just in terms of... Are we going to mention the 4th of July? Is the show going to go past without that being mentioned last week, of course?
3: We didn't want to make you feel bad. Yeah. Do you know how many people...
1: I I got asked so many times do we celebrate the 4th of July (laughs) in Britain. Do you know how many times (laughs) i got asked that? (laughs) Yes, we celebrate all the battles we get our butts kicked in, of course, like the Germans celebrate the end of the Second World War and the Japanese celebrate Hiroshima.
2: Oh, I have a story. I have a story.
1: You have a story?
2: (laughs) Yeah, there was a 22-year-old guy on the 4th of July... That decided it was a brilliant idea To shoot a mortar, mortar Off the top of his head and died
1: Wow, oh. that's not good news Well thank you for bringing the tone of the show down
2: <laughs> I thought it was up
1: <laughs> July the 4th <laughs> that,
2: <laughs> That's called what, Darwinism or Darwinism, something? Darwinism, <laughs> yeah, this is
0: true <laughs> a gene.
1: July the 4th has come and gone But thoughts of it still linger I held a mortar in my hand Has anyone seen my finger? <laughs> And Kim, have you got. Everyone's gone. I'm going to have a quick go here to get some more points. It says UFO sighting video shows mysterious white dot. Pulsing in the skies over Hertfordshire. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's an identified proof of alien invasions over Hertfordshire. Or so UFO enthusiasts would like to believe. The pulsating white dot was captured in shaky footage hovering over a house in Hoddesdon, near Potter's Bar in the UK. The unidentified flying object seemingly moves in one direction and then another dismissing the chances of it being an airplane so if anyone's interested in seeing that particular sighting, in the video footage of that is available on our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee and uh, the former former administrator and director of mufon for the minnesota area has actually looked at that and says it's the international space station but i've never seen the international space station going zigzag lines so if people want to see that it is available for them to look at for more informative paranormal madness please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors the lakes area paranormal interest group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal the group's primary focus is on the topic of ufos but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology putting mortars on your head bigfoot crop circles and ghosts come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who what when where and why of these phenomena meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m central time in the banquet room of the american legion club in wake park minnesota for more informative information visit their website lapig.org for people who believe that standing in a cold dark basement in the middle of the night for hours and end is perfectly normal The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network MUFON meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre in New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers anyone with an interest in ufos is welcome to attend for anyone who's experienced a giant cube hovering in the air that looks like a balloon or a panther wandering around bodmin moor this is the place to be meetings agendas driving directions and tons of ufo information can be found at mnmufon.com dot org if you wish to be one of the show's sponsors and hear your business or product advertised by the dulcet tones of an eccentric englishman live on air going out to the nation and beyond please contact the show i would love to hear from you in the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is johnny nash there are indeed more questions than answers and the more i find out the less i know which means i'm probably less intelligent than when the show started i'm your host adrian lee famous for being banned in lithuania and for the annoying inability to say gray squirrel or iguana live on air
0: (laughs) welcome back for the
1: second part of tonight's show if you've just joined us, then where have you been? And what if could have been more important? If you've stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious Technicolor and Perusal, including the photographs and videos that accompany tonight's stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at and at my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, where we currently have 55,000 followers. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies and I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother is still snoring from the room next door. So onwards, we march into the round that is strange and bizarre. It's the stories from around the week that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out live on air but a fabulous and don't fit any other category heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? And you are currently in the lead on four resplendent glorious points i'm going to france and you're a on minus one um, <laughs> there
2: have been a thousand people that have possibly been sickened by fecal matter in french mud run boy that gives a whole new name for it what's a mud run not a mug run. You're I'm, not running with
1: a mug. I'm fresh out of mug runs. It's a mud mud. Oh a mud run.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Now bearing in mind the French don't wash. How's this gonna work?
2: <laughs> oh <God>. uh, <laughs> Mud Run participants might have to start worrying about more than just sprained ankles or scraped knees after more than a thousand people became sick to their stomach after participating in an event last week in France. The region health agency in southern France said a thousand of 8,400 participants, that's a lot. It is. Uh, involved in the Levens Mud Day on June 20th reported symptoms of acute gastritis. The agency. Oh, the ag- <laughs> no, I was just going
1: to say that.
2: <laughs>
1: that's why I'm psychic.
2: <laughs> the agency said um, that they had stomach ailments, mostly diarrhea, vomiting, and fever, uh, which were caused by a neurovirus, a highly infectious disease that causes an inflammation of the stomach or intestines.
1: Ew. So they went on a mud run for charity and it turned out to be sewage they were wading through.
2: Yeah. Pretty much, That's yeah. That's
1: fabulous. That's cheered me up. That's made me happy. Uh,
2: it's possible that the runners may have ingested mud contaminated with the virus along with the uh, along the race course, possibly through the presence of feces in the mud. Ooh,
1: there's plenty more feces in the sea.
2: Oh, God. Uh, some runners took to Mud Day's Facebook page complaining that sections of the course smelled distinctly of horse manure. Yum. And the Mud Day organisers in Levin said that they are making every effort to determine what could have be causing the stomach upset in some of the runs participants. It's the unfortunate. It's called runs. the runs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a charity runs. <laughs> That's unfortunately <laughs> good. You make me laugh. So you're now gross. up to a resplendent one. <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre?
3: Florida man. really Florida. Yeah. <laughs> 82. Arrested for slashing an 88-year-old woman's tires over bingo.
1: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dobbing wars. You've read the book. You've seen the film.
3: (laughs) Police have arrested an 82-year-old Lake Wales, Florida man for slashing a woman's tires because he claimed she was sitting in his favorite bingo seat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible.
3: Fred Smith was charged with criminal mischief last Monday when police say he took an ice pick to 88-year-old Ethel Britt's van during a weekly bingo game at the Lake Ashton Retirement Community Clubhouse. Poor Ethel.
1: That's shocking.
3: Police say Smith stormed out of the bingo hall and punctured two of Brit's tires because she was sitting in a chair he usually sits in. Smith was caught on <laughs> surveillance video in the act. Wow. Lake Wells Deputy Chief Troy Schultz-Smith says Smith admitted to the crime and expressed regret. Smith faces having to pay $500 in tire damage and restitution back to Brit.
1: That's shocking. Old people get in a very strange way. I did my first teaching practice in an all Catholic convent girls' school with my reputation what were they thinking and i sat down in the staff room and a nun came up to me and said that's my chair i need that chair and there was no other chair there was every other chair in the room was available but i was sitting in her chair because it was opposite the cross that was on the wall so my first interaction of going into that nunnery was a nun complaining that i was sat in her chair (laughs) to be fair i didn't go out and then slash her tires so i mean there is you know I guess, a good end to that story. <laughs> Antonia, what have you got for me in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre?
4: Well, I like that category of crime called criminal mischief. Ooh. It's yes. got a yes. trickster kind of element to it. Yes. I like that. should get into some criminal mischief
2: while I'm... Down here? Down
1: here. Well, you're down here. We did
2: yesterday, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) We did, actually. Yes. We tied up
1: the park ranger and he's still out there on the petrocliffe.
2: (laughs) By the picnic basket.
1: (laughs) By the picnic
2: basket. (laughs) Yeah, okay.
4: Man steals hearse with body inside from Georgia Hospital. Police on Sunday said they apprehended a man accused of carjacking and crashing a hearse containing a dead body. The suspect drove the Ford Flex hearse from Willie A. Watkins' funeral home off a landing dock at Grady Hospital in Atlanta after workers moved a corpse from the hospital's morgue to the vehicle ford flexers this is a little product placement in this i see what you're doing you're making money on the back of our show aren't you (laughs) according to police the suspect who has not been named damaged the vehicle as he rammed the morgue entrance gate before eventually abandoning the hearse and carjacking a ford explorer a few blocks away (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) honestly that's what it says police located the suspect and took him into custody they say he did not show a firearm when stealing the hearse wow
1: (laughs) a body snatcher note do you think he knew there was a body in the back i guess you'd have to think that wouldn't you if you're stealing a hearse yeah he wasn't
4: packing he knew he wasn't
1: terrible wasn't going to be a lot of police escort all the way along as well they probably (laughs) made sure he had a clean getaway that's atrocious
4: similar incidents played out late last year in december a man who police suspected was mentally ill stole a hearse containing a casket and body from outside a baptist church in los angeles and the previous month a 49 year old man with dementia who had wandered from a nearby nursing home stole a hearse that held the body of a human rights lawyer in sydney australia that's it it up <laughs> so there's a, seems to be a pattern i just think if you had Beware. a body
1: you'd, you'd like face down in your garage and you'd have somewhere to park your bicycle we now limp into my favorite round of the evening and it's the round not for your mother this this is the round where the innuendo bell will be broken i'm sure and i will need to buy a new one this is the round where if your mother is of a delicate disposition she needs to leave the room if you have minors with you They need to be removed. You can chain them up outside next to the dog, no doubt. This is the round where we can't read out these stories live on air for fear of being removed or getting a $10,000 fine. So, Heather, where would you like to start in the round tonight of Not For Your Mother?
2: I'm going to Wisconsin. Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. Our
1: one listener in Wisconsin.
2: (laughs) And he's part of our team. He's the the only person who's got
1: electricity.
2: (laughs) Uh, Milwaukee Museum to show Pope Benedict portrait
1: pope benedict portrait
2: yeah it's made of condoms
1: is it really oh no yeah wow <laughs> what fabulous tasting chewing gum but wow what bubbles
2: a wisconsin art museum is defending the decision to display a controversial portrait of the previous pope composed entirely of condoms yay nice. uh, <laughs> the milwaukee art museum announced eggs benedict
1: Eggs Benedict. That, oh, no,
2: that was uh, made by Nikki Johnson's condom likeness of Pope Benedict. we Will go on display starting in November. Should we plan a road trip? I don't want to talk
1: about condoms. I mean, I don't want it rammed down my pope head. or the pope. <laughs> <laughs> who wants that rammed down their throat? Uh,
2: <laughs> Johnson, who finished the piece in 2013, said Eggs Benedict was inspired Benedict. by the then Pope's comments about the potential for contraception to increase the spread of human immunodeficiency virus in Africa. Just
1: jump up and down afterwards, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, she described the
2: artwork as an act of protest. Eggs Benedict, the piece, investigates the role of the whole world leaders and public health, Johnson said. Brady Roberts, chief curator at the Mewa- Milwaukee Art Museum, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Uh, said not everyone has to agree with the painting's message. I... Not quite sure I would get that message if I saw that. What
1: medium is she working in there, then? What would you describe <laughs> as mixed media? What do you think? <laughs> oh. Picasso used to use semen in his paintings. I know that. And then really? someone said, well, how does he know where to put it? And I guess, well, you just get it to spit it somewhere, I guess. I don't know You oh, point. no. If it's true, I tell you. there is. And Salvador Dali used semen in his paintings. This is very true. For tr- real? For real. Wow. 100% true, yes. So, yes.
2: like, we can scrape their DNA and then...
1: I don't know why you'd want to bring Salvador Dali back <laughs> as a fascist right-wing wife beater, but yes, it's possible. <laughs> Salvador Dali had a tank in his back back door in his backyard that he used to sitting that he used to masturbate, and he had a masturbating tank specifically designed,
2: like a tank, like gun shooting tank, or like a tank like, like a uh, tank. fish it's tank,
1: it like a water tank, like in the hot tub we was in yesterday.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes, I'm not suggesting that I blocked the filter on the water. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, this is how it is. So that's uh, your problem, Greg. <laughs> yes. If you're having problems with the filter, I can only apologize, Greg, but it had been a long while.
2: Get out the tea, strainer. Oh, man. This is a controversial work. This is an artist that has a point of view, and not everyone is going to embrace that point of view, Robert said. The artists have been very clear that this is not an attack on the Catholic Church or Catholics. This is about AIDS. Robert said the museum is not concerned about the controversy. In fact, this is our role to stimulate
1: dialogue the thing is that there's been artwork that's been about and inspired by aids since the 1980s people like keith harring were doing work like this 30 40 years ago and there's an artist called serrano who did a very famous piece that was anti-catholic called piss christ where he got a crucifix and filled up a tank with urine over a period of about three weeks and took photographs of it so his this is own a, Yes, Or he did so. he have
2: his friends come over I don't and help know. him it with the like project? I don't know. It was
1: like they set something up outside the local bar. Do you know, like you collect charity clothes, like Didn't shoes and stuff. I <laughs> guess it would do. I need, I've never spoken to the guy. I don't know. I would imagine his neighbours would have complained for sure. But at least he was collecting his own, I guess. Oh, no. Keep still. It's going on my hand, will you? That sort of thing. I don't
2: know. Oh, That's disgusting. You're
1: you're the one who read the story about condoms.
2: uh, Well, I didn't do a P. Christ story. Anyway, (laughs) what I was going to tell you about this condom picture is I think she actually went out. Either she purchased or I don't know what she did, but they're all colored condoms. Sure, Do they color in the dark? (laughs) It's possible. Now you
1: see it. Now you don't. Now you see it. Now you don't. Was
2: she very specific? Did she use ribbed for her place? pleasure or his wow
1: there's a lot of questions there are more questions than answers for sure Kim, bring some sanity back to the show what have you got in the round of not for your mother
3: driving the ladies mad and he's not even human meet japan's most handsome gorilla a handsome gorilla shabani is in fact a gorilla but that has not stopped a legion of female fans from being overwhelmed by how handsome he is wow the western lowland gorilla currently lives at the, give me a break here. Here it goes, it got vowels Hig- in it.
1: Higashiyama Zoo. You say that three times, a genie's <laughs> going to appear and we're going to get a wish. And
3: botanical gardens in Nagoya, Japan. And wow. officials say there has been a notable increase in young female visitors. Wow. Does he need to
1: have, like, a gun to protect himself now? Is this where we are? There's so many Japanese running after him, he needs a gun, no? Maybe. So we're going to be selling arms to gorillas. He is
2: quite cute. I saw a picture.
1: <laughs> hmm? oh, oh, that bad was But on No one else is listening.
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> His rise to fame has been largely sparked by Twitter, where fans have been posting pictures gushing about how hot the ape is. Wow. Shabani was born in the Netherlands, but was moved to Australia as a two-month-old in 1996 before eventually being relocated to Japan. Taranga Zoo's senior zookeeper said he was not surprised by the female frenzy caused by Shabani. (coughs) He said the Japanese are crazy. The Japanese love their fads. But I would say most people would consider him fairly dashing.
1: Wow, he sat there, you know, with a with a smoking jacket on and a, and a cigarette holder is where. It's like we are. the Hugh Hefner
3: yes. of gorillas.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes.
3: Unfortunately, for some, Shibani is a taken ape.
1: Oh, the Playboy baboons have got him.
3: Since moving to Japan, he has mated with two gorillas and has healthy male offspring. One woman said, I went to the zoo. This hot Shabani was certainly handsome.
2: <laughs> hot Shabani, <I'm> of another,
3: <laughs> another posted photos with the caption, Shabani, who, who is in the zoo, is famous as the two handsome gorilla.
1: Wow. I mean, she's Sexy. Ridiculous. I'm
3: sexy in nowhere.
2: They it. smell, though, don't they? they <laughs> <sell it. laughs>
1: That's ridiculous. They smell, don't they? Gorillas are very smelly creatures. I've, I've been never been gorilla. that close to one. I have done, yes. I went on a date once. She's a very hairy woman. Greek, I believe. <laughs> yes, this is true. Check that one off your <laughs> list. There <was> our Greek <laughs> listeners. <laughs> she looked just like her mother she had the same beard (laughs) i've got a story here that says pagan prisoner slams jail bosses for confiscating his book of wiccan spells and potions john chadwick a prisoner at forest bank jail near manchester said you can imagine the stink if christians were refused the bible or muslims the quran a Wiccan jailbird claimed he is being persecuted after his book of potions and spells was seized. He can't be that good at it if he was arrested, can he? And he's in jail. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. John Chadwick says his copy of the Book of Shadows is vital to his worship under the pagan religion, but was taken from him by guards. The book, published 60 years ago, also details gods, festivals, dates, and rituals. Owners add their own entries to personalise the leather-bound tome. Chadwick, who is in the Forest Bank Jail near Manchester, said you can imagine the stinking. If Christians refuse the Bible or Muslims, the Quran, Helen Morbius, of course, that's her real name. Mm. The pagan federation's prison <laughs> ministry manager will challenge the move. She said the federation works hard to make sure pagans in prison have freedom to practice their religion without prejudice since confiscating the book the prison governor has suffered from waltz a stiff neck and impotence apparently and he's now dressing very smartly because he says if he's impotent he's going to dress impotent i wonder how his tunnel spells are currently going antonia what have you got in the round of not for your mother
4: well i guess what this would be for mothers who are particularly queasy about what they like at their fast food restaurants move over vanilla Burger chain adds bug flavored shake. Ew. Ew. What yeah, began as a burger chain's April Fool's Day trick might soon be a mainstay on the menu. Cricket milkshake, anyone? Oh. Beginning July 1st, <laughs> Wayback Burgers will unveil an Oreo mud pie milkshake with Peruvian chocolate flavored cricket
1: powder. As long as that's not French mud, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oddly enough, the bug-flavored shake has some customers chirping when Wayback Burgers tested it out at Long Island, New York, for a limited time in April. We had it for two hours. There were people lined up to try it. Wayback Burgers President John Yucalito told CNBC News about the shake's test test run. Insect consumption or entomophagy I
1: never knew that. There's another new word for the word.
4: Entomophagy (laughs) is known to be a high protein and highly sustainable alternative to traditional animal protein sources like a hot shabani. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) like a (laughs) massage. (laughs) I'd like one hot shabani please.
1: Yes, that's why Greg's wearing glasses. A
4: 2013 report by the UN noted that 2 billion humans were Worldwide consume insects. Still, bugs on the menu might be a tough sell to consumers. People think maybe we're grinding up crickets in the back room, said Eucolito. In fact, he said the insects are farm-raised, farm-raised. domestically. So there's another job alternative you know looking for an entrepreneurial venture start farming some crickets to use
1: for (laughs) a milkshake cricket farm imagine how noisy that would be (laughs) the next door neighbors have started up a cricket farm i can't get any sleep
2: i tried an ant farm once and that didn't go over so well when it fell over to sea monkeys
1: count (laughs) (laughs) what are sea monkeys
2: i was a little girl and i was very depressed when i found out they weren't really monkeys
1: they're like jiggers aren't they there's all kinds of weird things in this country. You go swimming, there's things that will climb up your bum and hold all-night parties. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> Along with the cricket shake. <laughs> <Hurrah>. <laughs> the fast
4: The fast chain is also unveiling a jerky-flavoured milkshake, complete with Slim Jim garnish.
1: You've got to yes. be desperate for a milkshake, haven't <laughs> you, to want jerky-flavoured milkshakes and smoothies.
4: The Cheshire, the Cheshire, Connecticut-based company has over 95 Wayback Burger locations worldwide. The Oreo Mud Pie Cricket Protein Milkshake will be available until the end of September, but could become a permanent menu item, the company said.
1: Can you imagine sucking the milkshake and getting a cricket wedged in the straw? You're kind of <laughs> oh, like, God. And then you've swallowed it, you know? This would be the way to go. That's a poorly Heather,
3: what kind of candy did you bring home for Adrian the other day? Which
2: which one? I can't remember. She brings me so much beans? candy, I can't remember. Oh, the jelly beans. That's so disgusting. Sort of
1: jelly. There's jelly beans now available. They've been available for some time, I suspect. But they've got flavours like grass and vomit and <laughs> mud. And, <just laughs> and you were trying you were. them. French, French mud. <laughs> yes, and, and you were trying them. It was disgusting. Them. They actually tasted of those things as well. I thought it was a joke, but it genuinely tasted... Like vomit. Like vomit or, you know... <laughs> Wow. Would you like to try one? Would you like the taste of vomit with your dinner? Or should I should have put the parmesan on afterwards. I was just
2: thinking when Antonio was reading that story about the uh jerky flavored shake. I was actually thinking about when we all went out and I ordered I think it was a bloody mary.
1: Oh yes, Do you and it was that? like a meal. It was a meal. It was a pork chop on a stick and there was a whole <laughs> sausage and there was that half a pizza wedged half in Half
3: of a thing of celery in it. Like I don't mean half a stick. I mean half of a bunch Uh,
2: yeah, (laughs) yes and a pickle and an asparagus spear and (laughs) it was just like
1: like christmas dinner
2: it was a buffet in a glass is what it
1: was (laughs) it took a lot of sucking i can tell you ladies and gentlemen my final story for the night says lemurs have biggest testicles of all primates in proportion to their body mass
2: what about shabani (laughs)
1: Including men and gorillas. (laughs) If If a man were the equivalent size to a 300 gram giant mouse lemur, they would have testicles as large as grapefruits researchers at oxford brooks <laughs> university found i often squeeze my lemon but i've yet to ever squeeze my grapefruit one of britain's top universities has spent months people are paying for this research can you believe this on a bizarre research to discover that lemurs have proportionately bigger testicles than men researchers from oxford brooks university found that the giant mouse lemur has the biggest testicles in proportion to its body size of all primates How do they even know? Do they have people warming their hands up (laughs) and they get a little mouse lemur and they're kind of fiddling around and the lemur's going... (coughs) (coughs) And they're feeling its twig and berries. Unbelievable. I have
2: to say that's not necessarily true for the whole... Because I watched a documentary on elephantitis of the nuts, and it was not... But that's Ooh. not natural, is it?
1: I mean, if you're walking around when they're in a tote or a wheelbarrow, then something bad has happened to you or all a, day. Yeah,
2: a tote. It's yes. Specifically. Can you take
1: away the pain but keep the swelling? <laughs> Christopher Schwitzer, Director of Conservation at Bristol Zoological Society, said finding the species enormous testes size was pretty much a side product of our research. What on earth were they doing (laughs) that that was a byproduct of that research? (laughs) Here, Gavin, get over here and have a feel of these. Have you felt how heavy these are? Unbelievable. Joanna Rode Morgano, author of the study, said my first thought was, my God, how can they walk and climb without bumping their testes everywhere? To be fair, have you seen a lean <laughs> they've got eyes like saucers. Have you seen them? Mm. This is why they've got this surprised look on their face all the time. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. We always found it odd that they're called giant mouse lemurs when they belong to a family of dwarf and mouse lemurs. But now we can say that we know why giant was not referring to their body size.
0: Oh, good for the lemur.
1: Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter with a dead battery. It is Greg on one point. I am currently in second place on six. Kim is tying for second place also on six. Heather is on one. And tonight's runaway winner with a splendid seven points. And in first place and winning the $33,000 IR camera is Antonia. (laughs) Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about this show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips Antony, would you like to mention your latest book and your website while you're here? You can promote yourself. How does that sound?
4: Well, thank you. Uh, I don't work for Ford, but I would like a Ford Flex instead of that camera you said Ooh. I just won. Can we'll I see get what a Ford? We can fo- do. Okay, thanks.
1: We'll swap it out. I see what we can do. We'll make that work. My mm-hmm. website
4: is simply my name. It's uh, AntoniaFelix dot com, and you'll see on there that my latest book is a medical thriller called Fatal Remedy, and it's about the it's about big pharma and about antidepressants being prescribed to little children. It's...
1: uh Based on a true story. Based on
4: a true story, yes. It's a
1: fabulous book and I can highly recommend that. And that's available where? On Amazon and Barnes and Noble? Everywhere.
4: Everywhere.
1: Fantastic. And do give her a good review if you read that book. That's very fabulous. And thank you for joining us tonight. I'd also like to mention that we have shows on SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud and you look for MQTA radio, we have an extra twenty to twenty five minutes of our shows each week that we couldn't read out live on air for fear of being banned. And for fear of getting a $10,000 fine, we have a round called not for your mother, for those of a delicate imposition of the stories of the week that are laden with innuendos. If you go to SoundCloud now and go to MQTA radio, you can hear the extra 25 minutes that we do at the end of every show my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morrisher ton drainer nathan bush kim and greg gore mary antonia felix and all at the international paranormal society at IntParanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night